0: All right. Welcome, everybody, to Persian Perspective today. Persian
1: Perspective. You're a little late. You're a little late. <laughs> I'm tired, man. Come on. Give me a break. It's been a long day.
0: It's been a long day. Yeah. We'll be talking about Dave Chappelle's special today and all the fucking controversy that out got out of that.
1: Oh, when do we even
0: start? Um First- First of all let's start with the fact did you enjoy the special and
1: out of one to ten what do you rate it uh so it's not even linear is the problem i suppose it starts out at a three to ten then a five to ten then a seven to ten and then it, towards the end it gets to a ten ten and then it dips down again to an eight ten mm. right so I don't even know how to rate it because it is difficult to give you an average because it's not even a linear progression of quality. Yeah. Now it wasn't his best work. Talking from oh, I mean talking from yeah, you're absolutely right. Because it's like we've seen equanimity and the the bird whatever. Bird and revelation. we've seen, thank you, the bird revelation. And We've seen killing, killing them softly, and all of these other quintessentially classic comedies, sticks and stones, and we've seen the mastery at work, yeah. right? You know, we've even seen the whole kick him in the pussy, yeah, and then the punch. You know, and then the setup comes before the, the setup comes after the punchline, which is brilliant. But in this case, I think Dave was so concerned with you know, either putting forward his opinion about his controversy, his friction with the trans community and trying to trying to portray himself as not hateful and trying to portray himself as, you know, the victim of cancel culture that he neglects to be funny. Yeah. Which is, and I'm not saying he isn't funny in this, but it's, it's clear that at some point... He's more concerned with acquiring clapter than he is with actually telling the joke.
0: Yeah, it goes to the some,
1: TED talk around. Hmm. Yeah, it gets a little bit TED talky. I get it. I get it. You're trying to make a point. Yeah. Right. But, but it's 2021, my dude. And in 2020, a ton of shit happened the the likes of which we have never seen before there was very little talk about the pandemic there was very little talk about you know there was no follow up on black lives matter joe biden there was no talk about joe biden afghanistan. and about the, or afghanistan there was very little, very little you didn't even address the fact that the U.S. Air Force just straight out openly said, yeah, sometimes we see UFOs. We just don't know what they are, but we know they're there. Yeah. Like,
0: freaking UFOs. There was UFOs. enough
1: material in those two years
0: that it could have been talked about. But this one, it was just LGBT from... It's LGBT and space Jews.
1: Yes. LGBT and space Jews. That's now... It. The, the the space Jew thing, I'm like, look, if you want to talk about the Israeli-Palestine issue, talk about the Israeli-Palestine issue, right? Because that's that feels like you want to talk about it, but you're too chicken shit to talk about it. So you drop a, a, a metaphor or an analogy yeah. about the whole conflict, and then you just don't address it afterwards. And it riled up a few Jewish fans even the ones who were pro-Palestine, because it's like there was so little setup and context to what you were doing. It offended people more than it than it made them think and and come over to your side, which is a thing that Dave Chappelle used to be really good at. It's a it's the hallmark of Louis C.K. You didn't like the bit. You felt like it was you a know weak what? Bit. You know what? I'm happy that an American comedian understands how absurd the premise of subjugating an ethnic minority is under the under the reason of this land belongs to us when the same people experience the exact same things for the exact same reason right? yeah. it's like you didn't learn from your own oppression yeah but but it's like <laughs> There's it doesn't fit in the rest of your rant about trans people hating you. Like, well, where does this all fit? Like, you, you had a thing to say. We had and that, now it's like we had that
0: conversation regarding. Sorry to break your chain of thought, but it's like, no, no, it's fine. We had that conversation regarding, like, okay, look, Dave Chappelle is worshipped by. All comedians, like yeah. you, me, Hannah Gatsby doesn't like him, but sure, all that. But it's everybody loves him as somebody who's well established has established that he's an insanely charismatic, yeah, public speaker and fantastic storyteller. And like the thing is, is that, and I'm a massive, massive fan of this. And it took me three watches of his special, because to take a step back, and it was actually during our WhatsApp talk that, yeah. I, I had to, like suddenly mentally had to step back and out of my fandom of his, yeah, and be like, all right, but was this something good as a special itself? Like as a stand-up comedy, it's called a stand-up comedy special. That's what it is. Yeah. Now, if you have that label, the label of comedy means that you have to laugh or enjoy the obscurity of it to some some sense. Uh it needs to have that. It needs to have that. <laughs> yeah. The claps are for a public speech. Yeah. Which is what this special had more than laughter. It was it was chuckles with, with claps. That was that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the, 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 I was going like. It's not wrong what he did. He can't, like, you, he has reached the fuck you point of a, as an artist. He can do whatever the fuck he likes. And people are going to show up and they're going to pay good money to see him do it.
1: Yeah. 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 And they were within the rights to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But was this a stand up comedy? Because, uh, did you read Hannah Gatsby, what he wrote about, what she, what, is it, is it a he or she or Dave, what, what, what's her pronoun? She's, it's a she, it's a
1: she. Yeah. Hannah uh, Gatsby identifies as female. Yeah. Yeah. So th- th- what she wrote about that recently? Yeah, I mean, I think what she was really more mad about was the head of Netflix using her as a reason to justify Dave Chappelle. And yeah. Before that, she was just perfectly quiet. Right? No, she
0: was perfectly quiet. She but didn't really mention anything became, about
1: the special. But Look. what was really interesting was how, what seemed to really irritate her was how by being included into the defense of Dave Chappelle, she seemed to have been implying that she was getting some some collateral damage hitting her way. Yeah. Because now, yeah, because now it would seem that your, your people invested... Samples. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that seemed very weird to me.
0: The, the, but it's not something I, don't know I haven't happened. seen before. It's not out of the realm of possibility. That's one. Mm. It's very much possible that she has got those messages. I didn't go and check his her Twitter or Instagram to see people telling her to go find yeah. herself. Uh, yeah. But she did say it. Uh, and honestly, from what I've seen, pe- people might act. Up anything to sound uh, from, from the from the cancel culture. What I've seen is that even if you tell them like, "Hey, mm. didn't like what you did," that can count as a hate crime on their on their on their end. Because so far Sugar. I've seen people to be far more civil. That's what I've seen. Uh, if she has got it, I'm very sorry that I that I hear it. But there's two points of it. One is the she mentions how much she got paid. And two, there's a point in her speech that says, oh, uh, all right, here it is. It says, uh, yeah, she says you, oh, uh, yeah. Dave Shepp, uh, now I have to deal with even more of the hate and anger that Dave Chappelle fans like to unleash on me every time Dave gets $20 million to process his emotionally stunted partial worldview. And the part that yeah. got me was that every time Dave gets $20 million to process his emotionally stunted partial world view Yeah So it's, it's Which, no longer a stand-up yeah. it, She's referring to the fact that it's his view of the world And to be honest with you it does sound like it's
1: his view yeah. of the world
0: He's being very honest about that
1: Yeah Well To be fair, Dave Chappelle's specials have always been about his experiences as a Black person, right? That's where a lot of the comedy comes from, from the the pain and trauma of just being Black in America. And obviously, a lot of Black comedians joke about that because how else are you going to process? Yeah. And there is something to be said about white privilege within the queer community, how... Queer people are an oppressed minority until they have to be white again that's very telling, yeah, but I think this is an example of Dave having not done the research deeply enough because what happens is those members of the LGBT community who are white yeah uh, also tend and who tend to be really privileged mm-hmm. sometimes those make up the majority of the the TERFs that he says he's a team of. So that's really interesting. So like all of the any any lesbians that are in the TERF community tend to be from that section of the queer community. Yeah. So it's kind of ironic, you know, I can't make, you know, you you criticize a white person and then they change the gender now. I can't make fun of you anymore. But the thing is
0: <laughs> a lot of the very, time that was
1: that was the one of the that, that one was a very good bit. <laughs> that was that was kind of funny. Yeah. But I think but I think the way how the trans community sees itself is that they're not nearly as privileged as as Dave would like them to to as Dave would like to portray them as. That can be that can be a bit of a problem. I get it though, I get it, You're a, you have been an oppressed minority for a very long time, 400 yeah. years. And the progress that the black community is making dwarfs is dwarfed in comparison to the queer community. Yeah. And I would wager to say that's in part because the queer community has white people in it. I'm, yeah. That's just my theory.
0: Yeah,
1: But. pretty much
0: if there was trans black people, people would care less.
1: Yeah, but the thing is, the, tra- the black trans people are just as angry at Dave about this as yeah. the white trans people. So, you know, I don't think they appreciate having to be dragged into this topic either,
0: mm.
1: because it's this thing of where, you know, it's bad enough that I'm black in America, I'm also trans, so now I'm getting hate from both ends. Yeah. Like white America doesn't like me. Uh straight America doesn't like me. And now I can, and now if I'm not careful I could be getting heat from from turfs a lot of whom a, a lot of who have a lot of whom have lesbians who are privileged which yeah. you know would have been like you, you friends of J.K. Rowling, basically. So yeah. It's like, but here's the thing. Now I'm very conflicted because it's this thing of where. Number one, was his was his admission of being on Team Turf an advocation of Turfs, or was it a confession that he had, that he gets where they're coming from, because he because he preludes the thing, with um. With the with the phrase, I'm not saying that trans women aren't who they say they are. However, what I'm saying is, or was it a confession? Right? Was Dave just confessing to the audience that I know that's what I know that's the reality, but this is still kind of how I believe. And it seemed to me, and maybe I'm being too charitable to the man. Is he just processing how he feels on stage before that, it's before it's fully formed?
0: That's kind of well, well that's one thing. Because when he started talking, and now he okay, he has reached the point that you can't tell if you've written a material and is performing it on stage, or is he on the stage and just doing it on the spot? There's that feeling yeah. that to that. That's one. Number two, I don't think he admitted to anything. I don't think he admitted to being a turf. I don't think he admitted. I didn't. I didn't hear him admitting to anything. Three. I think it's his distaste. Look, like people say he did hate. He had hate speech. He didn't have hate speech. Which those things kind of drive me up the wall because it's like how you guys can label whatever that doesn't agree with you as hate speech or like a hate speech is for me to tell you that all right everybody all of you should go fuck yourselves and you guys are gonna go to hell and that's hate speech and you're not allowed to be hired now that's not just a hate speech that's an act of hatred because i'm right. not now i'm also like right. handicapping your ass His thing was one, he has a, I feel like he has a distaste. And I have this, I understand where he's coming from. He has a distaste for victimhood. Yeah. That it has, by what I have seen, there is a huge victim card that is being played by the LGBTQ community that whatever happens, doesn't matter what, you say against them, not even against them, just in opposition or, or of what they've said. Doesn't yeah. you don't you don't have to be. A, you, there's no hatred in it. It's even a question. Like J.K. Rowling didn't do anything to. He, he was just asking a question. She was just mm. proposing something. She wasn't hating on transgenders. They will just pull yeah. out their victim card, and she and his thing is always like look, I am black and I'm going through my, like I've gone through shit. I didn't even came to this land by my own free will. Yeah, And he says, what was he said that he said, why is it so Caitlyn Jenner became the woman of the year the first year she became a woman and uh, it was very easy for her to change change her gender than it was for Muhammad Ali to change his name.
1: Yeah, so, so a lot of people have addressed that comparison by say, simply saying that, well, Caitlyn Jenner changed her gender in in 2000, when was it? I forget already. 2018? 2018. 2018, 19, but probably 18. earlier than that. I can't 18th, even remember. 18, but 17. But yeah, uh, my timeline has been fucked since COVID. But Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali in 1965. Yeah. So obviously there's a time differential there. Although as a metaphor rather than, you know, as a historical example it it sort of makes some sense in the sense that it's a lot harder for a black person to do something radical than it is for, you know, for a white the L, uh, white members of the LGBT to do pretty much anything. Yeah. But it took time. Yeah. It took time, it took Stonewall. He references Stonewall. It took all of this, you know, stuff to happen mm. before they could finally enter into the mainstream and stuff. And even then, you know, and people go around and you still have trans people getting killed. That's not to say black people don't get killed every single day, you still yeah. get trans people getting killed. So it's just, I'm very torn on the whole thing. And another issue. That seemed to bother me just a little bit was okay, is the outrage from Dave Chappelle legitimate? Maybe, maybe it very likely is, but, or is this like a hate mob? Because I've seen some genuinely sincere members of the Koya community get dragged on Twitter for something they did or said. Yeah. Just, just dragged. Some of my favorite YouTubers just had hate heaped upon them like like you wouldn't believe. And these people have been advocating for their community for the longest time. But you say one
0: wrong thing, they'll drag you down and beat you up. That's, well, online anyway. Yeah.
1: But... And I know it's and I know it's easy career. to dismiss when it happens to Dave Chappelle and all of his rich friends because they're rich and famous and nobody's ever really gonna cancel them. They're yeah. sort of like they're unresistant to that. Yeah, but it happens to like smaller content makers as well. Some of my favorite YouTubers: um, uh, Natalie Wynn, who runs a channel called ContraPoints, and Lindsay Ellis and Sarah Z. And all of these other people who are either trans or bi, and they they just posit an example or ask a question on Twitter, or they share an experience about how, you know, there's this weird paradox where if you're a trans lady and you pass, and you go to like a really conservative town, people just treat treat you like a woman, but when you're in this hyper woke space, and and she's there as a trans woman, suddenly. Everybody has to go around announcing their pronouns because she's there. And it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's not organic anymore because it's a system in place. And she got a lot of hate for that. Like a yeah. ton of hate. Because she's sharing her personal experience. But it's like, oh, well, you're giving ammunition. Yeah. yeah. No, it's more like what the queer community is really afraid of and really angry about isn't whether what you say is right or wrong. Mm. It's whether this shit that you say Can be used By the by bigots As weaponry yeah. against you Because immediately what happens Afterwards is that when Dave goes on his special and says I'm team turf yeah. Nobody's going to be Nobody who's anti-trans is going to sit around and go You know Is this a confession or uh, an Advocation of turfhood They're going to take it wholesale and go you know he's one of us now, yay, yeah. and then when the trans people are telling him to shut the fuck up, you're gonna get us in trouble uh then the Turks come around and say, "See, see, they're trying to cancel Dave chappelle, they're trying to cancel Dave Chappelle. this means trans people are evil, so it's this whole sort of communication war that's happening that we don't see, yeah, because you know we don't we're not in the trenches of what." what queer people have to fight against yeah against you know and we're just here trying to understand shit like we're still trying to understand the queer community we're still trying to understand trans people we're still trying to we're still trying to navigate the complex labyrinth of you know who trans people are what trans people do how should we yeah. treat them etc you know there seems to be so many rules there seems to be so many taboos you know, it's very, very complicated, and then you get blindsided by somebody who's just who happens to be queer or who happens to be trans, or and they had a bad day, or the fact that they're shitty has the they just happen to be shitty people, and they blindside you, yeah. But they do it under the banner of 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 social justice, and you're like, ah, oh, shit! This social justice shit is evil and now you think and now you're like okay well who who is who's who's right here there or who's good here we we don't even know half the time and we're still trying to learn
0: there is that and it's aspect that dave chappelle also points at which i also like been looking at because it's like I think it was in "Sticks and Stones." He mentions like you guys are talking about this and that while I don't know how many states in America actually passed the most stringent, abortion laws ever—anti-abortion laws—because that's 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 one something that gets to me at yeah. times. It's like. Look, okay, people are picking on here's what a comedian to in my mind is is someone with an immense amount of balls or someone who's mentally a little bit off, or someone who is really there's you 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 can't be a a straight person. I'm not talking about being a gay person, I'm saying you can't be a mentally able person to be going up on stage, you need to You need to have want a validation and exercising some demons, at least the good comedians that I've seen, have that with them, that they go up there. You need to be a little cuckoo to go up there and try to make people laugh, okay? Yeah. And the thing that you, that comedian's dream is, is that I hope to be able to stand in front of everybody else, stand in front of crowds, and able to make my living, try to make people laugh. That's what a comedian is in my head. That's what I think is a or pretty standard definition of what a comedian and a comedian role is. I'm going to write something. I'm going to exercise my demons in some senses. I'm going to go and try to make my life and living based on if people laugh at whatever the fuck that comes out of my word mouth or not, the things that I'm going to say are going to be abstracts and exaggerations, and maybe not going to make real much sense, but they're going to be funny. And hopefully people will laugh and have a good time. That's what they aim to do. And people decide to pick on that guy. Cause it's so easy to pick on that guy. Cause it's, he's the guy on stage with a mic alone. Right. And what he says doesn't count as joke. That's why, like the partial part of the Hannah Gatsby's thing is that his view of the world. Yeah, Dave's what he was exercising wasn't just a joke. Was his view? It didn't sound like a joke. It was. Yeah. It it, it doesn't go like, "Hey, two Jews walk into a bar." That's uh, when you hear that, you immediately know this is a joke. This is two Jews really didn't walk into a bar. <laughs> yeah. So. That line for they've seemed to be blurred there, but the fact that people like decide to pick on comedians left and right instead of like picking on a CEO of a company that doesn't want to hire a transgender or hmm. some senator who's homophobic, yet he's a homosexual himself and he gets caught getting ass fucked by five other dudes. Yeah. That doesn't really get as much attention because it's so much easier to fuck a comedian. And it's so much more fruitful because, like, ah, look, like Hannah Gatsby at the end of the thing, he wrote, com- hashtag comedy is dead, hashtag I killed it.
1: Like, yeah, right. I mean, that's a little presumptuous coming from Hannah Gatsby. She I did one it. special. One yeah. <laughs> She did one special where she announced that she's quitting comedy, and then she makes a whole bunch of money. And then she does another special. So, but that having been said, we already did just say that comedy is exaggeration and sometimes just outright lies. So she, she's allowed to do that. Yeah. I suppose if you want to call Hannah Gatsby's Nanette a comedy special, yeah. That's just a thing, right? You can't, you can't say that your thing is not a, not a comedy special but then use all of the tools and yeah. then expect you to expect us to take you seriously like come on now we're going to pick you apart if you do that but but sorry i've lost my train of thought it's a lot to process honestly because again i'm just very torn between between Dave probably not having done enough research on the topic to even talk about. Yeah. Maybe he he could have gotten some pointers from from actual trans comedians, you know. And I appreciate that his ode to Daphne Dorman was really heartwarming and touching. It was. Even if some people say it's like, you know, I got one trans friend, therefore I can make jokes about trans people. But it's... It's clear that f- for all of his flaws, he's trying. He's trying. Yeah, and, and it can be very frustrating and, and scary.
0: And you seem like he really cares about what the fuck people think about. Him. Like he doesn't want to hurt anybody with his comedy.
1: No, yeah. because here's the thing. Has he did integrity. say that he Yeah, he did say that he left 50 million on the table because he thought that white people were laughing too hard at black jokes. Mm. Right, and uh, I know a lot of people, and I know a lot of people say, "If you were so afraid about getting a mouthful of blood laughs from white people when you're doing black race jokes, why haven't you? Th- why haven't you considered that you might be doing the same with trans people?" But it seems pretty clear to me that if you are willing to leave fifty million dollars on the table and then disappear for years on end, and then relegate yourself to a quiet life in Ohio, it's clear that even if your actions are clumsy and dumb, your intentions are good, and I think some people should at least give him the benefit of the doubt. I understand that the queer community and trans people particularly are afraid that what Dave says will be taken either in or out of context and be used against them. Yeah, Lord knows it's happening already. The Terps are already using Dave Chappelle as their mascot. And, you know, Dave Chappelle's fans who happen to be bigots are now using Dave Chappelle as a buttering ram against the queer community. Yeah. But I think that when you're an artist, there's only so much you can do to tell people how to interpret shit. Yeah, like you can you can put a preface behind every single joke and tell people this is not really how I think, but it's. Funny. But I also feel in this other thing, and I'm going to make a joke about beyond pussy because deep down inside I'm just 12 years old. Yeah, yeah. Basically, that's what it is. I think he he had a potato joke punchline that he really wanted to use because deep down inside I think he's just terribly immature. Mm. but then he couldn't figure out a smart way to do it. So this was the conceit, right?
0: Yeah.
1: But that was, that's what it is. That's the that's the danger in joke making. You have an idea in your head that's really funny, and then people take it literally, and then it can be, and then now you're you're the bad guy. I remember quite distinctively. Uh, you know our friend Prakash Daniel. Yeah, he did the joke about Indian Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> now Indian Jesus became a bit that was used in the marketing for the joke factory. It's a brilliant bit. It's a brilliant little piece of like, like descriptive storytelling as a joke. What what Jesus would look like if he was, would be like if he was Indian. Yeah. And he, he only did the joke because somebody told him he looks like Indian Jesus because he's, he's a Christian, right? Mm. And his experience with Christianity is weird because he his whole family converted overnight, basically. Yeah. So he, this is his way of processing his experience with Christianity. But the hate he got from like aunties and uncles in Christian WhatsApp groups, and really? the police report. Yeah, and then that explains the, and then a the, lot. <laughs> And then the <laughs> police it- reports came.
0: Police reports.
1: You didn't know? No, I didn't people know. Filed, people filed police reports over well, Indian are, Jesus. He always tries yeah. to avoid
0: any controversial material. <laughs> there you go. Now I understand. Like, he tr- but, really tries to stay on the between, tries try to avoid, because <laughs> I don't know he has such a bad experience.
1: Right. No, he's had a couple of bad experiences with people. He's he's had bad experiences with 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 people who took umbrage to his racial humor, even did, if did, he's talking about his own race, did got his arrest? own religion, you know, and he's even been blindsided. No, no, but he had to like answer for it at the station or something. I don't uh, know the full details, but suffice to say it was a very precarious time Yeah, for him. And it's like, you have this silly idea in your head and you want, it, you want to share it with the world and it makes people laugh. But people can take it very literally and and you know, attack you for it out of fear that you're making them look bad in public. Yeah. And it's not just a comedy thing. In Malaysia, there's this really, this really respected movie called Jagat. And Jagat is about how life is for the Indian community uh at the working class level. Mm. Right. Exposure to crime, exposure to social ills, what it feels like to be a youth in this community and how it and how the force of bad influences is magnetic when you don't have anything else in your life to depend on. But the Indian community hated that movie, even though it was getting awards abroad, because the Indian community didn't want Jagat to make the rest of them look bad. Because they thought of it as airing out dirty laundry, hmm. and in a way, I feel that what Dave was doing, whether it was whether it was good or not or whether it was well researched or not, I don't think it was, and I think we both and i both you and I can agree that it wasn't his best work. Yeah. I feel what has happened is that both. His defenders and his protractors uh, um, have taken him quite literally very literally, yeah, and have either and have either turned him into a god or turned him into a demon. People forgot that he's a comedian, that's all he is. People forgot he's a comedian, yeah, that's kind of it. Sure, just right. one more thing before I gotta go, yeah, I know to really illustrate go. this point. Uh Alan Moore wrote Watchmen, right? Yeah. And the main character in that was Rorschach. Yeah. Alan Moore intended for Rorschach to be a nut job. He wanted mm. to take a character that was like Batman or The Question and put him in a real world setting because his view of Batman was that Batman was basically a right-wing fascist and in real life, such a person would be a complete nutcase. Those were his exact words, he would be a nutcase. Yeah. But he made Roshak the main character. And the problem with that was, people thought that by virtue of Roshak being the main character, he was the person that they were supposed to root for and that his beliefs were correct. But that was not his intention. Yeah, interesting. And, and it so, wasn't his intention. It was never his intention for Roshak to be the good guy. Rorschach yeah. was a was a sociopathic maniac who just happened to be a very good private, a, a, a very good investigator yeah. who was the best at what he did to uncover the mystery of the of the comedian's death. That was it. It was never an advocation of his beliefs, his philosophies, or his viewpoints. But people took him literally, yeah. and be, and then the next thing you know, Rorschach is lauded as a hero, and then he becomes a bit of like Martyr. a right wing mascot. Yeah, yeah. But Alan Moore is left wing. Interesting. Alan Moore is a, a liberal. Fuck. Hmm.
0: I think that's, that's why a- him
1: and Frank Miller don't get along.
0: Oh, Frank Miller to me is the I, I. As much as I love Sin City, that yeah. guy for me, like I, I don't know if it's I'm matured or something, but like looking back, and I said that guy portrayed Iranians. Any ugly person in three hundred, yeah, is a black dude, an African black dude. Yeah, with even though Xerxes is black, even though like later I don't know they try to clean it up. Yeah, uh, is a black dude and portrayed us as a, in a in a massive propaganda piece that was that's all yeah. right. I was a kid. I looked at the movie. I didn't care for it because I couldn't understand the magnitude of an effect that can have on somebody. Yeah, for me it was cool. I was like, oh, it's cool right. action, scenes," But at the same time, now I'm looking at it like this cocksucker went on and blatantly shit on a piece that can potentially, for Americans at least, that could actually be fact. Yeah. Because I'm sorry to say, but the, they're not the sharpest tool in the tool shit. Okay? Yeah. And they're very, influ- they're very actually easily influenced by their media. And fuck him. Because it's, it's like, yeah, people think, like people, this is Sparta is a cool thing to say now. But yeah, uh, I don't want to go off the tangent on 300. But yeah, I understand you now that I didn't, know, I did not know that the, he and Alan Moore did not get along. Yeah. But that so speaks a do- lot because Alan Moore is kind of a hero to me. Because for yeah. me it's like, I love his, he's a basically, he's a, basic, a modernist shaman.
1: Yes, basically. But to pull it back to Dave Chappelle, right now we have a situation where to us as comedy fans, Dave Chappelle is Alan Moore. Yeah. But what I think the trans community is really afraid of is Dave Chappelle as Frank Miller.
0: And I think we can end it on that. That's poetic. (laughs) Wow. Nice one. All right, fuckers. Go watch Dave Chappelle's special and make your own judgment on it. And thank you, Raki, for this talk. Anything? Do you have any shows that you want to promote or anything? You're gonna be doing stand-up anytime soon? Uh
1: I will I will uh try to get on stand up. Um on Wednesdays and Saturdays at the crack house, Wednesday nights at nine o'clock and, um, and uh, open mics on Saturday at five o'clock, because that's when all of the all of the open mics and the comedies are happening. And trying to attend the shows on the weekend, they're very good. We're collating a bunch of headliners and opening acts from the newbies of the scene because we can't get any foreign acts now. Yeah. So we're trying to nurture new talent. That's very cool. And if you would like to try out, if you would like to try it out, please contact the crack house. They give you three minutes. Who knows? You might be the next Dave Chappelle. (laughs) Maybe.
0: Is it the open mics you said move to Saturdays five o'clock?
1: There's two now. So it's Wednesdays nine o'clock and Saturdays five o'clock. That's awesome.
0: So, all right guys, check out crack house comedy in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. And, Thank you, Raqib. This was a very nice talk. Love the metaphor. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Cheers, man. Take care. Cheers.